What is up, everybody? Today, I am joined by my dear friend, Liz Savetsky, AKA the accessories expert. Today, Liz joins us to talk about work-life balance, being a mom, raising her two beautiful children. We get into how to create a brand on Instagram, how to make that lucrative. Uh, She goes deep and opens up and talks to us about her three miscarriages last year and how that really brought her closer to her husband, Ira. So without further ado, I bring you Liz Savetsky. What is up, everybody? Today, I'm joined by my good friend, fashion expert, blogger, Instagram influencer, Liz Savetsky. We've known each other uh, way too long. Way too long. We go back about 10 years. So first, I want to thank you for coming today. I know how busy you are with your little ones and and all the things you have going on. So first and foremost, thank you for coming. Secondly, I'm just excited to pick your brain because I've had the opportunity of following you from our, well, I feel like our careers have mirrored each other in a lot of ways. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, I did Liz's wedding 10 years ago, and she was one of the first crossover weddings for me into the high-end New York City Jewish market, So, um, if not the first. So just to preface it with that, but right after your wedding, you got really into blogging. Um, and I saw you start that, and then obviously with the uh, advent of Instagram and Facebook and all those things that came along with it, you started from ground up and built this really amazing following brand. And I think the better part of way to describe it is really a business because people think of influencing, oh, you just post pictures on Instagram. And I think that that sells it short because the amount of time and effort to actually build a brand where other brands want you to represent themselves is a massive undertaking. And you've done it. (laughs) And here we are. I didn't know I was doing it at the time, but you know. So if if you could like give, give me some input, like just for people out there right now who are like, okay, they follow your handle. If you could, on the background of that, right? What goes into developing a handle, a following, and a brand like yours? So I think um, the first ingredient and the most important is definitely passion. I think if you're getting into it to make money, this is not the industry for you because it takes a long time <laughs> until it becomes lucrative. And, um, you know, and I also feel like if you're trying to grow an audience, your audience is you're, you're going to need an openness and authenticity and realness there. And your audience is going to see through it if you're just endorsing something for money. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I, I really believe that, um, passion is the number one. And I got into it, um, because I was working full time at this fashion PR company and, uh, I felt a little bit creatively stifled. I love to write. And so I just thought, well, this will be like a good little, Side, I wouldn't even say side hustle because I never thought I would make money doing it, mm-hmm. but like a side gig, like a side hobby um, where I could just flex those writing muscles that I enjoy using. And um, I was writing articles about up and coming accessories designers and accessories trends. And, um, and then once social media came to the forefront and by social media, I really mean Instagram mm-hmm. because that's my main platform. Um, I was able to really transition from more of an anonymous writer of a fashion journalist Mm -hmm. to just someone who shared my life. And I didn't, I'd never heard the word influencer. I mean, none of us had heard that. Like, like, what do you mean? You're under the influence, (laughs) honey. Like, like, what does that mean? Um, And so, you know, I didn't understand what it meant to be sharing my life. And, you know, I... I was putting myself out there and and I couldn't believe that people cared. I'm like, they want to see me going to the gym in the morning. Like they care what sure. I'm making for dinner for my family. And um, it was, it was just like this new territory. And I think, um, I think having that authenticity and openness and, and having that relationship 
with um, your followers, I'd say would, would be my number, my second ingredient. So mm-hmm. my first would be passion and my second would be like uh, relationship authenticity. So, And then, you know, I don't think people realize how much goes into when you're developing those relationships, how much time it takes to respond to all those messages and inquiries that oh you're getting God. once your platform grows to the level yours has. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure even for you, it's, it's really it's nowhere really near, I'm sure as much, but <laughs> no, and it is hard. And, and it's always been important to me to have an open dialogue with mm-hmm. my followers. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are for sure moments, especially like if I'm putting something super controversial out there and I know I'm going to get hit hard mm-hmm. and it's, it is hard to respond to everyone, but I really do try to do it. I think it is important. Um, uh, it's funny. My husband actually, Ira, he says that I'm a terrible communicator. He's like, you don't answer my phone calls, but you're responding to your DMs. I'm like, but this is my business. Like, <laughs> like I have to, I have to talk to my audience. We, I'm love, sorry. we love Ira. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we love, love him. him. <laughs> He's like, are you ever going to answer my call? <laughs> so I know what I thought was really interesting is while you were building your brand, I know in the beginning, kids weren't as necessarily as involved. But I thought what's really cute is as you've evolved that, and I'm sure this comes into balancing work life, like how you want to spend time with your kids, but you want to work, but you've incorporated your kids into your brand in a lot of ways. Um, And I think that's been, I I mean, I'm looking from the outside in, right? But I think it probably serves twofold. One is it's fun because you get to be with the kids. Um, But number two two is like as a mom, you're balancing that work-life balance and just incorporating the kids into work and and vice versa. Right. And And it really hasn't been an easy journey. As you know, you did our first photo shoot for my older daughter, Stella, as a baby, and she cried the entire time. And then you did our first family shoot together. She cried the entire time. So it wasn't <laughs> the easiest path into getting them to to want to be a part of the mm-hmm. um, of the whole, you know, Instagram situation and photo shoots and this and that. But um, they've really, you know, they, they've really un- begun to understand the um, – the value of delayed gratification and knowing mm-hmm. that like if they perform and they do a good job, then they're going to get rewarded. And I don't think that it's ever too young to teach work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents raised me to ha- always have a strong work ethic mm-hmm. and I, and I really attribute so much of my success to that. And mm-hmm. I want to do the same thing for my daughter. So I do get a lot of judgment from people that mm-hmm. say, Oh, you know, you show too much or, you know, you're, it's not, it's not nice that you make your kids do all these photo shoots and this and that. But um, I have a really positive outlook on it. And like you said, I'm getting to spend time with them. And I think that's wonderful. And um, the truth is, actually, most of our photos that we do together, my husband takes. Ira, and he's a pretty good photographer. <laughs> and we do them on the phone. And we keep it we keep it laid back and informal. And then they always get rewarded. Because sure. I think, you know, and especially like if I'm getting paid for, by a brand for a job, then I feel like it's only fair that they should be getting paid as well. If of they're course. Participating in that, so. At what moment were you like hit the tipping point where you're like, all right, my hobby slash passion is now turning into a viable business where, you know, major national or international brands are reaching out to you to represent their work right. or their products. Right. So about three years ago, I was still working full time and um, Ira, I, I call it a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> that from the South. He said, Lizzie, you know, we, you're never going to get to the next level if you don't just take the risk Mm -hmm. and just go for it. And for him to say that to me as a resident who had never made a real paycheck, knowing it was risky, (laughs) that I was going to be getting rid of my stable paycheck to, um, to take on this, you know, like freelance, scary new territory that, Mm -hmm. you know, influencers were just starting to get. Sure. Nobody even knew what was going to happen with that or how long it would last. Um, but he really believed in me and he said, you know, I really think that you should just, you know, jump off the cliff and do it and go for it. 
And um, I remember calling my parents and I was like, I'm going to take the blog full time. I'm going to quit my job. And they were like, what's a blog? I'm like, you know that thing I do, <laughs> like that where I write, uh-huh. it's a website. You know? um, but, you know, I, but I think having Iris support was huge for me because it was really scary. You know, starting your own business, there's never a good time to do it. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, if you don't fully commit, then it's always just going to be a hobby. And, um, you know, I had, I was starting to make money, but it was nowhere near what I was making at my job. But sure. I, but yeah, I think that, um, there was a moment where I just took that, where I just took the plunge and thank God it paid off. It definitely took a while, but I think if you don't invest in yourself mm-hmm. with, with time and money, then you're never going to get anywhere. So what was your mindset at the moment? You were like, all right, fuck it. I'm going for this. I would say it was a combination of fear and excitement. Um, I tend to be like a glass half empty <laughs> kind of girl. I'm like, my husband's the opposite. He's very mm-hmm. optimistic. And so um, it's a good balance. So I was definitely scared. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm never going to be able to buy nice shoes again. Um, hopefully some brand will send some <laughs> to me. Like, um, but I was also really excited because I felt like I was going to be able to devote all of my energy to, to me and mm-hmm. to invest, you know, like, when you're when you're giving your whole heart and soul to somebody else and your mm-hmm. name isn't on it, it's it it kind of soul crushing if you're a creative person. Mm-hmm. So to be able to put all of your work into your own brand, into your own name, it was like thrilling, absolutely exciting. And you, you mentioned something, uh, you know, in our conversations, we talked about when you put yourself out there publicly. A lot of there's an easier for people to go towards a negative bias, right? It's because it's always easier to throw hate than throw what I would say, which would be love. Like, you know, to be like, wow, holy shit. She doubled down on herself. She was dating a resident. Also people look at that and go, oh my God, how lucky when people don't realize residents actually make lower money than Starbucks baristas in the beginning. And on top of that, pick up massive amounts of debt, which they now need to pay off as a practicing physician, which by the way, takes almost like 14 years with your husband's specialty till he'll, you know, like people don't ever, yeah, people think that like it's, it's, you know, you graduate medical school and it's like, you know, they don't understand. Wait, no, it's like another five years to specialize. Then you pay your dues. Right. Then you get to join a prestigious practice and actually make some money. You might be almost 40 until that happens. Talk about investing in yourself. Yourself. You're, you're, yeah. So like people, I think from the outside could then go, Oh my God, she's married to this good looking New York city surgeon. And it's like, yes, which is true. Those are facts. Yes, your husband's a surgeon. He happens to be good looking, right? He's a handsome guy. You have right. two beautiful children. But there's so much more that goes into that until you get to that point. Totally. And it's a massive undertaking. Totally. And it's, I think, always easier to look from the outside and not see the struggles or, again, and, and yes, we are privileged. We live in Manhattan. We live nice lives. I live a nice life. I know you do as well. Yeah. Um, and we are so much luckier than so many other people. But we still, there's still massive over obstacles to overcome and hurdles that we have to overcome. And it's not always easy as it may seem on social media. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, I always joke that an overnight sensation is seven years. And I think yep. I'm just hitting the seven year yep. mark and people are like, Oh, this new sure. up and coming blogger. And I'm like, uh, are you kidding <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but you You're know, like, I'm eight years into this now and now it's just becoming noted, exactly, noticed on a bigger exactly. platform. And I, and I do actually, um, have a lot to say about the fact that people are easier to spew negativity, especially on social media when they can do it anonymously. And I do think there's something in our human nature that it's like hard for us to be happy for other people. Mm-hmm. Like I recently had this um, amazing Forbes article about this trip that I did um, with this nonprofit in Israel. And it was all about um, my passion for this organization and this amazing trip I was on. And um, 
it was this beautiful article and I shared it and I am telling you, I got like seven messages, maybe like total. And like one of them was like from my dad, you know? <laughs> and like, I, I, it was crazy. Ira and I went out to celebrate. We were like, this is a huge deal. This mm-hmm. is, it was a big milestone for me. Um, and like nobody, no feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like I share my pregnancy losses, which I was very open about because mm-hmm. I felt like, um, I felt very lonely when I was going through, I lost three pregnancies in one year and it was a really dark time. And I was like, you know what? I can use my platform to help other people and in turn help myself. Because, sure. um, you know, sharing is very cathartic and, and also feeling like I was a part of a larger community of women sure. who had gone through it, the similar issues. And I'm telling you when I shared that, it was like thousands of messages. People love you when you're in the gutter and they don't like you when you're, you know, when you're, you're on top of the world. Yeah. Of the world. yeah. And so it's been really like an interesting um, social experiment in a way, not mm-hmm. that I would have ever intended it for it to sure. do that. And I think you just have to like really have a thick skin and know that you're doing what you're doing, like I said in the beginning, from a passion. And then you are able to really drown out the noise, whether it's good or bad. You can't be so bothered by it. You have to just focus on what you're passionate about and sharing that. And um, because, you know, you're going to get hate. It's just, you, I mean, you get the Yelp reviews and yet, you know, uh, I always says like the curse is like, if he gets like one bad Yelp review, like yeah. you're screwed for like, for like you, it's just inevitable. Yeah, I almost feel bad. Negative. Well, yeah. I feel bad. Like I, this is my thought on it. Anyone who has as much free time to write negative reviews online, I f- actually feel bad for it. Totally. Like I genuinely go, wow, that person. Get a life. Exactly. Like do you, I've personally, I think in, in 18 years left one negative review of a hotel and it's, it was like the most disgusting right. place I ever walked into and they wouldn't give me a refund because I wanted to check out. And I was like, all right, look, I'm actually going to write this review. And they were just like, go for it. And they finally gave me my money back, but it was so disgusting. And I'm like, but on a daily basis, people just spew negativity online. They do. And I think it's just people are, are, it's their own insecurities and own jealousies just coming out towards you. But on a, on a more positive note, I know something that you talked about passion, work, right? Um, and I know your work you're very passionate about, but you're also very passionate about being Jewish. Very. And you and Ira do a ton of work in raising awareness, number one, but also raising money for people who um, who aren't as fortunate yeah. as us. And I don't think people, you probably don't get enough credit for that because I know that's something that's equally as passionate about your work and like what you did this past weekend and all those things that go into being part of your larger community. And I know that you have a deep rooted passion towards your Judaism. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, um, when you have a platform, um, like the one that I accidentally built here, um, (laughs) then you have a responsibility to do something with it. You have a microphone. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, what are you going to do with it and what are you going to say? And I think you have to be very strategic and careful about what message you share. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, it's always been so important to, use my platform to convey meaning and a deeper message than just pretty outfits and matching sure. mommy and me looks. And I mean, that's, that's all great. And I'm so happy that that brings people to my page, mm-hmm. but I hope while they're there that they get a deeper, more purposeful message. Where does your, your faith come from? Other than being a Southern girl. Um, you know, I think, I really like, I look at my children. Um, I definitely have moments where my faith wavers, um, especially after this past year that I had was very hard. And it is, you know, Judaism doesn't really subscribe to blind faith. We're more, we're much more like into, um, like this is, this is truth. Like, 
they're, they're into like, the rabbis that I've learned with and in the Orthodox world are into like proving to you that God Mm -hmm. exists. And so it's, um, but there are moments of course, where you, where you're, you don't feel it as much and it's just not as strong. Um, and so for me, like when I look at my kids, that's huge because to me, that's like the miracle of, of life. And Mm -hmm. like, I think about my, my, um, husband's grandma, she came out of Auschwitz 78 pounds. And I look at my children and I'm like, these two girls are direct descendants from a Holocaust survivor Mm -hmm. and their existence is a miracle. And like, just that alone gives me Mm -hmm. so much, um, faith in, in God and, 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 you know, the, the strength of human Mm -hmm. life. And how is your, from a business standpoint, how, how has your faith helped you and your belief in Judaism helped you as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman? You know, it's really interesting. I I never really intended to share so much of my Judaism with my audience. <laughs> um, but it's like you have to cater to your audience. And I started to realize pretty early on that my core base of loyal followers were Jews yep. in New York, like me. Sure, sure. And so I'm like, when I talk to my audience, I really feel like I'm talking to myself. And I'm like, if I was going to hold back that part of me, then I wouldn't feel like I was sharing my authentic self. And so um, it's always been important to me to share. And, you know, I get a lot of messages even from my non-Jewish followers mm-hmm. that um, that love learning about Judaism and love when I share my passion for mm-hmm. Israel. And I love that so much. The problem that I have, which I've been running into a lot lately, is the Jews who are ashamed of their Judaism. Mm-hmm. And they don't like it that I'm out there proud, waving the flag, because they feel ashamed. For whatever reason. And, um, you know, it's pretty rampant. Uh, self-hating We're in a really day. interesting political climate. Really, so yeah. I think that just yeah, separate, doesn't help separate podcast. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help yeah. things, though. But, yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of who you are and where you're from. Like, I, I tell people all the time, I'm super proud that my dad was not born in this country. Didn't yeah. speak English when he came over at 21 years old and built a life for himself. Totally. And, and we're Latin American, you know, and then we're half, I'm half Spanish, right? So, But that's not something to be ashamed of. That's no. something to, be, to embrace and be proud of in the same way that, you know, you're so proud that without your husband's grandmother, none of this, literally, like, if you think about it, it, it you go deep, you're not sitting here. Your kids aren't sitting here. Totally. You're not married to him because he's not here. Right. Right. So all that comes into, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being proud of that. Totally. And I think the resilience that um, they had when they your father and, and Irish grandmother and all of the people that came before us that built this beautiful life so that we could sit here mm-hmm. today and have the careers that we have in the lives that mm-hmm. we have, you know, that resilience is a part of the fabric of our beings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's become a part of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all immigrants in some way, shape or form. And yeah. without the, and, and they had it so much. I mean, you know, again, anyone who survived the Holocaust had it a million times worse than what we live today. So right. I don't think we can ever even have a basis of understanding of what that was like for that group of, of people um, and the fact that they survived and all those things. I don't think we could ever, uh, as much as we may try to empathize with that, I don't think anyone who was not in that situation could ever imagine what it's like can't, yeah. you know, to have everything stripped away from you, your pride, your dignity. In many cases, your family was you know, totally. killed and um, you're lucky to be alive. So, yeah. And then we have people spewing negative hate on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Like, what? It's really crazy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really crazy, but it does put things in perspective because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think whenever, you know, if somebody yesterday said, Oh, you're such a narcissist that you were advertising that you were an honorary grand marshal at the Israel day parade. And I'm like, no, no, I'm a proud Jew. And you know what? Like, 
I'm standing up for all the people who can't. Yep. And, you know, I'm happy to be the vessel for that. I do. I don't feel like it's for me. I feel like it's on behalf of the sure. Jewish people as a nation. Sure. And you said something before, and I know you were really public about this, and I know you got a lot of positive and a lot of negative feed- yeah. feedback from sharing your miscarriage. Right. It's miscarriages, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I want to preface that by saying you're blessed with two beautiful daughters, yes, right? thank God. Um, for whatever reason, three miscarriages later. Right. How did that affect... I mean, I can imagine that's got to be, I mean, other than the emotional hormonal roller coaster that comes with that. Poor um, Ira. <laughs> poor Ira. Uh, but poor you. No, I mean, right. but really, like, how did you, like, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I'm sure there were some mornings where you just didn't want to get out of bed and do a photo shoot. You had to. Or you just didn't want to deal with whatever life was going on. And I think that's the interesting paradigm is that people, you were very public about what most people would never share. Mm-hmm. Right? So we portray this perfect life. Right. Whereas I feel like you were very real about it. You're like, no, life kind of sucks right now. And I'm going through some, like, heavy shit. I feel like crap. I just had another miscarriage. We're blessed to have two kids. We wanted a third. I know you wanted a big family. Yeah. That may not happen. Right. But- I still have responsibilities to my two children. I'm still uh, an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner and, and all those things. So how did you get through that? I think, um, so, you know, when I made the decision to share it, it was very impulsive. Actually, um, I, I was sitting alone on my couch. Um, I had had a, actually an ectopic pregnancy that ruptured and I had to have like an emergency surgery. And um, my mom, thank God, she came and got my girls and, and took them to Texas. I have an amazing mom who's so supportive. I don't know what I would do without her. Um, and Ira was at work and I was just alone in my apartment sitting on the couch and I just was so sad. I was just like in this really dark place and I was like, you know what? Like I share so much on social media. I share all the good. Everyone thinks I live this beautiful, perfect Mm -hmm. life. Like they need to know that there's another side to this. And if, if I, if I feel like I can share all the good and all the beautiful stuff, then I should be able to share the bad too. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, it's not painting a full picture. And if people are looking at, Social media, social media can really be a breeding ground for jealousy. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't ever want somebody to come to me and walk away feeling bad about themselves. I want them to feel inspired. And mm-hmm. so I really felt like this impulse and obligation to share because I said, you know, I want people to know that there's social media is not always the full picture. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to tell you the full picture now. Yeah. And, um, And it also gave me so much purpose with my pain because I felt like by helping people um, through their struggles by sharing and making them feel like they weren't alone, it really helped me. And I think um, also at that point that I felt like it was like this weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I had, I was going to have to get up and do photo shoots and go to work and take care of my kids and live a normal life. Life doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And but it felt like because I had shared this secret, it wasn't my dirty little secret anymore. And now I could, you know, it would be okay if, if I had a breakdown here and there. And, you know, I felt like I'm a human being and I don't need to just be this like perfect light to everyone all the time. And um, so it, honestly, like, I think it was one of the the best decisions that I ever made. And I think that's the issue too. We were talking about, as we talk about social media is that there's this portrayal of perfection, totally. which you know, I mean, like yesterday was a beautiful day. I had a great day. It was a perfect day. But there's days I wake up and I'm like, this today is just not a great day. You know, like life, stress, work, yeah. family, all those things happen. We don't ever post on family. Like, I mean, on social media, I, I see very few. Today really sucked. You know, like yeah. it's always, today's amazing. And then you talk to the person. Well, my dog died. Well, today wasn't amazing. Right. It's okay that it wasn't amazing. Your dog passed away. You could put 
my dog passed away. Today sucked. You know, whatever that day is, but we don't ever see the the darker side of right. life or in this case, you know, um, the struggles that you went through. And I think I commend you for being really public about that because I'm sure there's other women who probably saw that and said, shit, I've been feeling horrible or I've been depressed oh or my, God, you have no you know, idea. my hormones literally are so out of whack, yeah. which I don't think people realize when the miscarriage, your body's now reacting to yeah. that. And I'm sure that comes with Oh my God. You probably wake up and just don't even know why you feel a certain way some days 100%, on yeah. top of the emotional aspect of having lost a potential future family member. Yeah, totally. Exactly. How, how did you balance that out with being supportive and having Ira be supportive of you? It's so hard to explain to a man what it feels like because mm-hmm. there's no explanation. But you know something, the third – so um, – he was pretty amazing in our relationship. We're, we're polar opposites. You know that. He's, this is Ira and this is me. So it's like he really um, he really is kind of like the um, voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And I need that because I'm artistic and psycho. So, um, so he was, he was pretty supportive. Um, I, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better partner, but the third loss really hit him hard. And I don't think he saw that coming. And Ira is such a, he, he's a surgeon and he sure. wants to, he wants to fix everything, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's also like a very masculine quality. Without a doubt. We want to fix. fix we're, we're, we're repairers of problems. Totally. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like tell me the problem yeah. and I'll find a solution. Correct. And like, or, and he's also like a terrible loser, which I think, you know, like tell me how to win and I'm going to, sure. you know, and it's like all of a sudden this is completely out of our control. We've now had three losses in a row and I think he just felt so defeated. And it was really hard to watch that because I'd never seen him break down, but I, it brought us so much closer together. And, um, just, I think when, when you couples go through challenging periods like that, you either grow closer, you grow further apart. And I think our relationship today is stronger than it's ever been. And a lot of that is because of this past year and the challenges that we went through and seeing him be vulnerable, which he never is. Really, um, it, it brought it broke down a wall mm-hmm. between us that I didn't even really know was there. Sure. Yeah. Well, we commend Ira for being vulnerable. Yeah. Sorry, Ira. <laughs> so, right now, what what's the what's on the horizon? I know there's some changes coming up. Can we talk about those? Or, yeah, yeah, we okay, can talk cool. about it. So, we're moving to Dallas mm-hmm. for one year. Um, <laughs> so, Ira's going there for one year to do a uh, fellowship in aesthetic plastic surgery, awesome. and then we'll be back in a year. Yeah, we plan to come back to okay. Manhattan. We, we um, really like it here. So, I know. I can imagine uh, the photo shoots will be changing up with a southern flair, right? What are we shooting in Dallas? Yeah, where are we shooting in Dallas? Like in my driveway? Like, Uh how is this going to look? Like, it's so easy to be a blogger in New York City. Mm -hmm. You just walk out on a street corner and everything is cool. You know, like you and I, like, Uh take a photo in two seconds. Like, you come to Dallas, all of a sudden it's like, I shoot everything, almost everything in focus. In Dallas, I'm going to be having to do a lot of depth of field. field yeah. <laughs> it's going to have we'll to work be. work on those photos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mode, exactly. Uh, what, what's on the horizon business-wise? I know, like, what, what uh, can we talk about what brands you'll be working with coming up? Well, um, so I actually, this is a big uh, deal for me. I just signed with an agency nice. um, called Estate 5. Um, and they're based in Dallas, but they um, they have a, a whole lot of team members on the ground in New York and um I, it was a big deal for me because I've been handling everything. I've been a one woman show mm-hmm. for the past seven years um, and doing this full time for the past three. And so it's been a lot to be able to, sure. to have to manage the, the business, the creative, um, you know, just there's not enough hours in the day. And um, I, I hadn't felt like I was ready to relinquish. I'm a very bad delegator. 
up until this point. And um, this agency just felt like it was really the right fit. Um, and I'm, I'm working with um, a lot of different brands, everything from like beauty, anti-aging, which is great because I love any project that Ira and I can collaborate on. And he, because he's a plastic surgeon, like anti-aging stuff is sure. always like great for the two of us. I feel like we just like really bring out the best in each other when it comes to business. Um, so I'm, I've gotten a lot more into that. I'll always do fashion and mommy and me. And um, I've been working a lot with like some some bigger brands like Oscar De La Renta, mm-hmm. which has been great. Um, and then, you know, the, the biggest shift in my business lately has been my um, – public, uh, you know, work with, with different nonprofit Jewish organizations. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing a lot more public speaking and, um, just a lot more, um, standing up for, for Israel and that sort of thing. And that, that's really also become a big part of my business. And, um, that's been amazing. And thank God my audience has let me pivot and do that because it's very scary when you're transitioning and you've spent so long building something up and you don't know if your followers are going to be along for the journey. You know, like if tomorrow you decided you were done with weddings and like we're shoot. I mean, it's like scary. Yeah, if you, yeah, so, um, so thank God, like you know, they've been a part of that transition, and I think I'm going to continue to go in that direction because I don't really foresee myself five, ten years down the road taking outfit photos. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I will, but I would love to have more longevity in doing more of the nonprofit work and Jewish work and um, standing up for for and advocating on behalf of Israel has been. Um, you know, the, the meat of that. So fair to say like five-year plan brought in that platform. Exactly. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. If you were giving advice to someone who wants to become prevalent and noteworthy in the social media influencer, um, Instagram world, what would be, what would that be? What does that look like? And also let me preface that by saying in 2019, you know, you've, you've been in it for seven years, highly oversaturated right now because everyone is a, you know, a quote unquote, influencer definitely (laughs) yeah um even my husband's like do you think that this photo will go with my feed i'm like baby like (laughs) just stick with surgery (laughs) i'm like you're not a blogger so but everyone well dressed (laughs) but everyone really is an influencer in their own way it's so funny actually like you know that ira was telling me that plastic surgery like nose jobs have changed because people are so used to seeing their selfies, up, their faces. So and so they, so they want a different tip now than they yeah. did 10 years ago because everyone's taking selfies. Yeah. Makes total sense. They want to so, flip down, not flip yeah, up. Yeah, and they them. know the way that their face looks, like the anatomy of their face so much more because we're all Scary. like staring at ourselves uh-huh. all day. It's crazy. So, yeah, everyone is basically an influencer. But <laughs> um, my – so, yeah, I was definitely lucky in the sense that it was right place, right time. Like I got into it at the very beginning. Um, but I – do you think that you, in order to maintain my success, the, the key ingredients have been passion and authenticity and having a niche? And I really think with without those three things, um, it's really hard to become successful. Like there's always going to be someone prettier. There's always going to be someone with more money and nicer bags. There's always going to be someone who's, you know, better at editing photos. Sure. And so, you know, you really have to just be the best version of yourself. And I know that sounds trite, but it's the truth. And I think um, – so yeah, my 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 advice would be to be as open as you're comfortable with, and and being authentic and real doesn't mean that you still can't have boundaries. I, I have very little boundaries, but you know you could still. What you have to ask yourself where that line is, and then you know just go up right to it because um, people want to feel like they know you, and I think there there's something to be 
said for being equal parts aspirational and attainable. Sure. You know, my iPhone photos perform much better than my real. Which I always find photos. to be, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a fine historical. Yeah. Because I think people feel like they can relate to yeah. it. It's like, it's like they feel like they're a part of your story and they're stepping into your day to day life. Even if like I am in some exotic location wearing some sure. crazy, like borrowed, expensive, gorgeous dress mm-hmm. that I could never actually afford, sure. whatever. But it's relatable because it's like, a blurry, uh, like a little bit grainy or, sure, I, you sure, know, sure. and so I think, um, yeah, I think that you, you want to make people dream, but you also want to make them feel like, um, that they know you and they could do it too. If you were looking back 10 years from now, 10 years from today, what is the question I ask everyone? I have on the oh show. God, I'm nervous. Yeah, no, no, this is a big one. Taking a second. <laughs> um, you could give yourself one piece of advice that would change your life today. What would it be? One thing you could change, one lesson you learned, but just one thing. I think it would be be in the moment. I think it's so easy, especially in New York City. Our lives go so fast. There's so many distractions. It's sensory overload all the time, especially my job is to work from my phone. I'm on my phone all the time to put the phone down and be in the moment and just focus on actually living and not necessarily capturing the moment, Mm -hmm. which I think is important too. I do really think it's important to capture the moment so that you have things to look back on. Mm -hmm. But I think it is more important to live that moment mm-hmm. before you capture it. So, How have you and Ira, what parameters have you set in your relationship? Because I know being on your phone could be a twenty, literally a 24-7 thing at this point. So we observe Shabbat, which is amazing because every week we have 25 hours from Friday night sundown to, to Saturday night sundown where we don't use our phones and we really just focus on each other and our family. And it's a really amazing reset. I don't know how people live without it, to be honest. Especially because, like, it's like my dad is addicted to his phone. You know, it does. It's cross generational. Like, we're, we're all addicted at this point. Crazy. Children to grandparents. There's yeah. no, yeah. Well, it's it's really sad to see, and I, you know, I don't want to live life like that. And mm-hmm. I, I hope it goes the other way a little bit. You know, I hope yeah. we start to see some of that turning. Sure. Um. And so, yeah, I, I think that's really critical for us. And then, you know, we we do date night at least um, twice a week, and we. Don't have our mandatory, mandatory. We don't have our phones out unless we're doing. We do um Instagram live sometimes where we do Q and A, and that's the only time that a phone is allowed involved. So, but you've integrated Ira into that, so it almost. I feel like he has fun with it too. To be honest, yeah, he loves it. He like he like yeah, he secretly loves it. Yeah. And one question I have to ask is, what was the greatest? Because I feel like you have a unique perspective on this. Um, you went through three miscarriages. Right. What was the greatest perspective that that taught you on life? The greatest, greatest lesson you walked away with from that whole experience? It's hard to pick just one because I really felt like it was such a growing experience of my whole life. But I think um, gratitude. Because until you've lost something, you don't feel how thankful you are for everything you have. Were you more grateful for the two children? Yes. I looked at them completely yeah. differently. And, uh, you know, and so I said to Ira, I said, you know, even if we are never able to have a third child, I feel like that was such a gift to be able to go through something so hard and to come out feeling like so much, so much more grateful. Yeah. You know, you would think you would be bitter. It's counterintuitive, yeah. but really you're grateful. Cause I know you said your glass half empty. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. all right. No, so I we walked away with more gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. I wake up every day and I feel, I feel so thankful. Yeah. For, for the blessings that I have. And you have two beautiful children too. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that cannot be taken for granted. You know, you look around at the world and 
there's so much suffering and there's always something that could go wrong. And so to be able to have all these blessings and to, to be aware of the blessings is a gift because I see so many of my friends are walking around complaining about nonsense and, you know, and I, we're all guilty of it of and I've done it too. But when you've had real pain in your life, then you, you appreciate beauty and the gift so much more. One thing you had mentioned before and, and one thing I, I noticed on Instagram is you changed your handle name. Yes. Um, from a branding perspective, uh, I know changing anything that's so public and so much part of who you are, mm-hmm. um, going from accessory experts to your name. Um, why'd you do that? It was really scary actually. Like I had kind of been thinking about doing it for the past six months and one day I was just finally ready to pull the trigger. But the reason was because I felt like as I had pivoted, as I mentioned before with my brand from sharing, um, you know, over time it went from being anonymous articles about accessories to, Mm -hmm. to sharing my family, to, to sharing my passion for Israel. So I felt like it was so much more all encompassing than just accessories. And even though that is such a huge part of who I am and my identity, um, it just felt like a grown up choice to go by my name. And I, I, you know, I'm sure you appreciate that. I I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, I think it's a brilliant business move because your brand's evolved so much more than just accessories. Right. Um, and with that comes the evolution of the name and right. all the other things you're doing. Why did you decide to go by your name? Ah, so interesting. Um, flipping the script. All right. So my decision was, was premised on, I looked at great fashion designers, whether it was brand houses like Louis Vuitton, um, Tom Ford. And I said, they always go by their names. And in most cases, Carolina right? Herrera, Vera Wang. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, um, it just makes sense to not name it the studio or come up with some arbitrary name, right. but to be um, to go in that sense. I thought from a branding standpoint, it was really important. Secondarily, um, for me, my last name has a lot of pride. So it was really a way to honor my family and my father. Um, you know, and I think we we take that for granted. But, you know, we talked about before, like family legacy and and having that pride and i'm very proud of coming from you know uh you know my mom's my mom's heritage is a little different um you know she grew up in new york uh, but she my grandfather had actually come to this country uh right before world war ii and then he was italian but went back over to europe to fight the nazis so he was he served and i wound up giving his life you know for that cause um eventually I had no idea. Yep. Uh, so he actually, um, he contracted a rare disease in Africa while he was over there fighting in Northern Africa, and um, which led to his death uh, a good amount of time post-war. Wow. But he was there. He did serve um, against his country, which was interesting, too, because he didn't believe in the regime in Italy and, and what Mussolini was doing over there. Uh, but for my my Spanish heritage, my last name, which, you know, is, is Vasquez, my dad came to this country, and, and I've said this a bunch of times, you know, 21 years old. Uh, I think I butcher this all the time, but it's, I think fifth grade education. Um, you know, he's the oldest of, they have a lot of children. No one knows how many we're going to say nine ish. Right. Um, so first one to come to this country, brought his siblings over, came here, not speaking the language, washing dishes, um, eventually built a life for himself, you know, now speaks English, obviously. Um, but my dad put in an immense amount of work. He paid for me to go to Catholic school, ultimately wound up getting into NYU. But I always said, I saw my dad every seventh year on my birthday. Cause that's the day that my birthday fell on his day off. And, you know, the sacrifices that they made for us to be able to do what we're doing right now. So that's the second half of that was number one from a branding perspective, which I think is important. But um, it was something that I knew I would always be proud of. And 
when I had that governing light of saying, hey, your last name, your name is on the door. I can put my name behind it. It, it goes so much deeper into our purpose, our family, our heritage. It's literally part of who I am. Um, I can never disappoint my name. I can never disgrace my family name. So I think uh, twofold on that. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I relate to that on so many levels. Yeah. And I, I felt a lot of the same uh, feelings when I decided to switch to my name. Because, you know, if you are your own brand, you just you, the the love and TLC that you put into everything that you do is is so much greater. Yeah, and I think now, I mean, given our political climate, I think it's really interesting because pride in who you are is almost looked down upon at the moment right. in a really weird way. That being pr- proud of your Latin heritage or proud of your Jewish heritage, whatever it may be, it's almost like oh, you can't do that. You know, unless you fit a certain mold or for a certain prototype, you shouldn't be proud of who you are. Um, whereas I think we should all be proud and we should all cherish and love who we should are. Wave the flag. Exactly. Whatever your flag is. Yeah. There are plenty of flags that should be raised, right. should be honored, should be loved and should be cherished. So I know, Liz, you are easy to find. Um, but if you could, please tell everyone who is listening right now where they can find you, how they can connect with you, best ways um, to reach you on social and for brands, how do they get in touch with you? My uh, name on Instagram is my name, Elizabeth Savetsky. That's S-A-V-E-T-S-K-Y. And my website is Accessories Expert, spelled E-X-C-E-S-S-O-R-I-E-S, Expert. And my email is Accessories Expert, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. And I hope to hear from you. We'll include links in all our shows. Awesome. Cool. Okay, and great. And show notes for everyone to be able to find that. you. Um, although most likely they'll be doing it the opposite way. He was finding me through you. So. Amazing. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So I want, to, uh, I want to be respectful of your time. I know as a, a mother of two, packing a household up to go to uh, Dallas soon uh, <laughs> and running your business and all the things you have going on, it, uh, I'm sure it's overwhelming. Um, but I want to commend you. Um, I want to commend you for following your passion. I want to commend you for being proud of your heritage and your faith and sticking to that. And I just want to thank you because you're just an amazing person. And, and I think of all the people that I've encountered in my career, um, very few have stayed through the entirety and seen the growth and also been there. And you and I are, um, have been my biggest cheerleaders, to be quite honest. And um, I know whether it's a question about the Jewish faith, I can call you anytime. You're, anytime. My, you're, my, you're my dictionary. Rabbi on call. Rabbi on call. Uh, but you really, I want to thank you guys because I don't think I'd be sitting here today with, if we're not for the two of you. I don't think we've had, we would have the business we have if it were not for the two of you because you guys have spread that word and um, you've welcomed me wholeheartedly into your family and your community. So I just want to commend you. Um, I want to thank you, and uh, you know I love you guys. Love you, and honorary Jew for life. <laughs> and uh, and thank you for taking the time to do this with me today. Thank you, and, and I appreciate the support. Always, I'm honored to be here. Thank oh, you. Please. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. L'chaim. Thank you so much for listening in. You can find us online at anthonyvasquezworkshops.com, as well as on social, on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube at Anthony Vasquez Workshops. We look forward to seeing you there.